Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Midheaven Podcast. This is the Peace Dealer, chilling with my wonderful host, co-host, of course, Candace. We can call it Beyond the Veil. Beyond the Veil. (laughs) Oh, yes. What is it like not having a mic in your face? Are you trying to figure out what to do with your hands? Honestly, I... Oh, right. (laughs) I feel free. People are going to be like, wait a second, what looks different? We are trying out our brand new state-of-the-art uh, wireless mics. Yes, they're uh, this small. Yeah, they're hidden. We put them in our brains. So yeah. You're here in the brain a, through, a, through a jab, huh? Yep. Mike got the jab. All felt jab. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Now that I have, you know, particles inside me, it's easier to... I just embrace technology. I stopped being a conspiracy theorist. I, I was watching those posts that you were putting about people who were having, like, silverware stick to them. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that all about? Like, that's some that's some weird signs shit. Yeah, I mean, some people who've gotten it have said that they haven't gotten stuff stuck to them. So I guess it's safe to say that it's not everyone, or maybe the videos are fabricated. I don't want to believe that, though. So, so what does this mean? So if you haven't had the shot, mm-hmm. then you're supposed to have things stick to you? Well, some people apparently got the placebo shot, so it's like nothing in there. And then some people got the real shot where it sticks to you. So, yeah. We'll Is this see. backed by science? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> you do have certain scientists that do bring science, but they get censored. And then, of course, you have the people administering it who deny so it So what outright. sticks like, to you? Okay, so um, magnets, silverware, and it's usually on the side that the second or first dose was at, too. But it doesn't affect people who haven't had the shot. No. Just people who have had Just the shot. Just people who have had. Well, here's the thing. Like, there are some people who've had the shot, and it doesn't stick on them, so... It is what it is. Like, uh, it, it it would make sense if it's kind of like how not everyone got the tongue thing. You know how some people, their tongues just blew out of proportion because of the shot? Hmm. Not everyone's tongues did. So maybe it's like some kind of... Just sounds like an excuse for like a bunch of girls to be sticking like spoons to their tits and being like, I told you. Like, I imagine that's what's happening. Like, when we're done, I'm going to yeah. go, I'm gonna, have you looked at photos? Of With people doing this? Um, I don't know anyone personally that has it. I've just seen a few videos of certain people who. I mean, had people. It. How is that? There's a bad different. Thing? There's different strains to too. So maybe it depends on. I mean, to me, get. that just sounds like you can carry more shit on you without having to carry anything. Like you're not gonna forget your house keys. <laughs> Someone threw like a metal tray, and it stuck. It was kind of. They're cool. probably just like sticky. They're probably just like sticky people, like gross, like sticky, like moist, humid people. No, that's not moistness. But <laughs> maybe we don't we don't know if maybe they had like a metal plate stuck inside them beforehand and they're mm-hmm. trolling. But I don't know. I think it's something that might affect a select number of people. Maybe it adver- may, or maybe it's just in a because there's different strands, right? So maybe it's maybe one of. The, one of the strains or whatever. I just had to we'll ask. I, I thought it was weird, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Now, now I'm gonna go like deep into searching all of that in social media. I later. did. I did not get the jab, guys. In case I didn't get it either. So I, I'm like, I didn't what? Get it either. What? He I didn't got get the it. Jab. I, I, I no. don't. I don't. I don't plan on it. So. Oh, word. Yeah, That's no. very irresponsible. Oh. <laughs> we need. We we depend on you. Wait, what? Get, you can't always be the fuck up. What is it my turn? Why can't I be the rebel? We're I want to be the bad guy too. 
We're depending on you so we can all Why? be Why? Because I'm white? We need to be safe I gotta here. do my part? You we think need... I'm like, my name's like Barbara? Barbara! Like, what? Barbara Karen. Or Karen <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> you look like a fucking drug dealer with your fucking beeper. With you know your what? pager. Uh, you've heard this first. <laughs> One day I'm gonna be the plug for Vegas. So all the people coming through, they need that white girl. I'm breaking <laughs> evil out here, okay? Forget Walter White. It's a wrap. So, um, by then I'd master horary because of my sensei can. It's coming! I started so. taking a horary course. I'm very excited. I'm, <clears throat> I'm super stoked. I usually take a program like every two years. So, I do something different. Like I can do a lot of things people don't know that I can do. Like, I have all my Reiki certifications. So technically, That's I'm like a level three. I became a death midwife. I did a year-long nice. program of death midwifery. I did a astro herbalism course that took two years i've gone through a few astrology courses and so now i'm doing horary and yes i want to do horary so i can help clients right like find missing objects or like mm. find out like definite answers on the spot those of you guys who don't know horary is casting the chart of where the um, planets are now and you look at the chart the moment that the astrologer understands the question that's being asked um and then they analyze that and they give you an answer so I didn't know it was so in-depth. I thought it was just like this chart, that chart, yes, no. So it's technically like a newer branch of astrology, even though it's been around for a while, but it's one of the newer branches. But apparently it's like the most accurate. And I've had a couple horary sessions actually. And um, one of the horary sessions I had was with my teacher. So the person who um, I'm studying with is, um, uh, is it Achutababa, the nightlight astrology. Mm. His, his name's Adam. But I've, I've had two horary questions with him, and I've had a couple others, and it's like the most accurate form of reading ever. So I'm doing this one-year wow. program. Really, because it's challenging. Who's teaching it? Um, his name is Achutababa. Okay, well. It's nightlight astrology. But I'm going to learn from Candice after <laughs> Candice. We're going to learn because really, I just want to go to like the Westgate, or I want to go to like any sports like sports bets. book, right. or sports bets, or I want to go to a racetrack, and I want to make some fucking money. That's really what I want to do. So there's tuned. a different type of confidence <laughs> you have when you walk into a room after a horror movie. Like I already know what's going to happen. Oh my god, that's like literally how I feel. Like I like when I and one of the horary things already happened, and the Ooh. and the timing that he gave me was so bang on. I sent him an email the other day, and I was like, "Fuck." I was like, you're good. And he's like, thanks. You see, this is where <laughs> we got the smug look to the skeptics. Like, if only you knew. Yeah. I'm, if only I'm, you knew. I'm we super, got the cheat codes right here. I'm super stoked. And what's going to be fun is also like, and I told like a lot of my like close friends and family, I was like, I'm going to need guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. So people who have questions or maybe people who they already know the answer of what they're going to ask just for timing purposes to see if. The horrorary, you know, if I can crack the code, it's like a puzzle. Like it you is, have to sit yeah. there and you have to analyze the chart. And it's like a skill. Yeah, it, that's one of those things. Once I know I'm get good at, it'll be at forex and horary and oh, horary yeah. with forex. So like, it is what it is. I know. I, the first time I heard about horary, ironically, was a Scorpio man with a Cancer moon who drank his urine. Um, <laughs> he was one of those shamans. Urine therapy, yeah. Uh, a little crazy with it. Like this dude would drink his pee, but like other than that, you know, Cancer moons will drink. Anything. anything yep they will drink feel anything it too to give them. um and yeah i mean like 
he was the first one to introduce me to that concept like oh yeah dude like you can you can know who he introduced it to me in the realm of sports bets so that's yeah what, i thought that was all you could do with it but i didn't know it you can do to, all like, kinds of everything. shit but there are some things that it's kind of like the i ching or like right. the tarot like if you're gonna keep consulting the oracle eventually i guess the oracle can get kind of pissy and kind of short so it's okay. like you don't want to you like you want to come correct when you're doing horary but i'm excited because the very few times that i've you know done that and gone to a reader it's been pretty fucking accurate down to like the timing down to everything so like there is like a whole like you said there's a whole Direct. confidence revolving Direct. around like after having those readings and you know a transit chart i mean you really have to dig through because i not all astrologers do transit readings some people just analyze needles but you know if you're wanting at least with me like i'm like an ocd scorpio if, if you come to me for reading and you want to know if something's going to play out I'm going to check your transits. I'm going to check your progress chart. Mm. I'm going to check your solar return. I'm going to go month by month on a lunar return to try Ooh, to really deep. see and do all the chart overlays, like yeah. exactly when things will happen. And you can do that, but sometimes that'll take an hour to unpack. Like imagine being able to do an horary and looking at a horary for 15 minutes and being like, yeah, it's going to happen and you're going to get the job and you're going to relocate and this is... This will happen, and this is probably when. Like y'all need to respect astrologers. She she just broke down like five different charts. <laughs> I don't want to hear anyone talk about three hundred or five hundred an hour is yeah. too much. Like we put years into this shit, y'all. Thank you. Especially people who do readings. Like sometimes, like some astrologers, they don't want to touch that. Some mm -hmm. will be like, "We're gonna do the needle, or we're gonna do the transits," exactly. and they'll talk about the transits piece by piece, but. Not many people want to like include the solar return chart. I feel like there's, I'm not going to give away all the secret herbs and spices, but I definitely have my like little formulas and I work with Word. like the Arabic uh, calculators oh, and yeah, like all of the different points that you can divide. So if somebody right. says, you know, what's my point of marriage or what's my point of death or whatever, I can find that degree, look at the transits that will happen over a period of time or a solar return. And when it comes up, I can very accurate, accurately predict where, when, how, like, it, yeah. it, it, there are some things that you just don't want to know. Like, now that I know the two ways that I'm most likely to die, it's like I'm constantly in a state of, like, oh, shit. Like, I can't do that. Like, what if I do? Like, yeah, don't, like don't, to be don't go down that rabbit hole again. Um, unless you're a Scorpio. That's the Scorpio knowledge yeah. right there. So now, like, sometimes the transits will pass, and I'll be like, suck on that. Right. <laughs> you know, like... And said, like like true sun Pluto. <laughs> said like a true sun Pluto. Said like a true sun Pluto. I used to be skeptical about solar returns because I was like, this is junk astrology. You mean to tell me that just because this was the chart of my birthday that it's going to be accurate? And 2017 was the year I was a believer because that shit was so accurate. I couldn't believe it. it what? What? was that ten, year was it a 10th house year it was a 10th house year my moon was in virgo on the rising it was the year it became magic mike it was the year that you got pregnant oh no 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 that was after that was the year <laughs> after i got a, I got someone spiritually pregnant because i'm just that hot on the lies and yeah but like uh that was the year i worked with lotta became magic mike make you and then never had to work a, a job again yeah no more muggle jobs motherfuckers <laughs> That made me for sure like the solar, solar returns return. are, are are no joke. Like I'm so hardcore about my solar returns that, and this is the one, this is what I will tell you that's really telling. When you take your natal chart and you cast the solar return and put it on top, so it would basically be the transits and then flip it. 
then take the na then take the solar turn and put your needle on top and look at how there are planetary things that happen. Like if you're having a return other than your solar return, let's say it's your Mercury, your Venus, mm -hmm. whatever, or if your ascendant moves to your midheaven, there's so much you can see in a solar return, especially... Especially with the progressed on top of it, too. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The progressed is something that I've become, like, very obsessed with recently. And, and that and also, like, Davidson composite charts. I'm, like, deep into that, too. Yeah. Like, um, because that's, you know, different than a composite chart for a relationship where you take the two charts and you put it together. And um, that's a midpoint composite yeah. chart. Um, for me, the Davidson is not just the midpoint. It's the geographical location, the time and the date that is the midpoint between two partners. Exactly, right. So like sometimes the composite charts will create aspects that like never happen. Like Mercury opposite sun. Yeah, like <laughs> shit that doesn't happen. And some some <laughs> astrologers don't, you know, they don't believe in that stuff or they don't they don't feel like there's any authenticity to it, but I will say uh, ironically in charts that I have that with people the relationship doesn't work and it's kind of like the chart like not that it doesn't work it just doesn't come together i remember i had one where like mercury was opposite what well, was in the same sign as sun but like venus was opposite the sun and it's like the love just never worked out no it's not that it never worked out but it made sense to me like well this isn't a real chart so it's like yeah. it can't really support like that yeah 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 so it really but you never really i mean i guess you could see or i'll put a, it on the opposite way. i guess in a in a sinister you could see mercury in opposite to somebody's son you could in a in, in sinistry, sinistry yeah. but not the composite but, but not yeah. composite yeah because mercury's never that far away from the sun exactly yeah and right. not a lot of people but not a lot of people know that because and once again like you know what i mean a lot of people see a lot of people from the outside looking in can get frustrated because it's like why is why do you why is this so much which is still a steal if you think that uh legitimate astrologers work for kings and queens so you can't really afford them but like outside of that People are so used to people just being like looking at a chart and just saying what they think, charging $40, $60, $100 fucking the game. And it's just like, you know, you get some people who are entitled yeah. like, oh, well, what makes you special? Like all you are, all you're doing. Meanwhile, you don't even know the symbols they're interpreting. So it's like there's a there's a lot that goes into it that experienced astrologers can make it look easy. But, like, it's a lot of a years lot of study. Yeah, that, I mean, know. especially... I mean, but that's how, like, the, the predictive aspects mm -hmm. of when you really get good at astrology and you know how to analyze the returns and then you start putting them on the needle. Guess what my solar return was this year? What? I'm so happy. It was a, a, a one-degree Scorpio rising. Oh, so it's a year of change. So where was Mars then? 29 degrees Cancer. What, what house? It's fifth house cusp? Uh, ninth house because my oh, MC no, is Leo, okay. and then I'm a new moon Gemini this year, so something brand new transformation. Is it, is it be unrecognizable? So you're Scorpio rising, and you've got a 29 degree Cancer Mars mm -hmm. on the midheaven. Uh, midheaven is gonna be like six Leo, four Leo, and then my Venus is like seven. Cancer. And then Mars rules the chart, and then. Oh, because Scorpio rising. Yeah, and then Mars also rules Aries, which is going to oh, be. Oh, Mars is opposite house. Pluto, by the way. I'd have to look at it, but that right. that can be really good for you for some kind of traveling, mm. um, publishing, you know, connecting to foreign. I feel places. like it's going to be new. You should have me look at that solar return. I I'll, would I'll be tell you what's honored. Right. I had an eighth house year this year. This this year eight, that yeah, that's coming so from your last birthday. From my last birthday. So from from my birthday. Eighth house year. Dude, from my, from, from my 
Yeah, it's from November yeah. of 2020, and <coughs> it was like Sun Juno something else. Sun Juno something. It was in the eighth house, and I was in Aries rising with Mars on my ascendant. Oh, wow. Retrograde, by oh, the wow. way, in opposition to Venus and Mercury and a bunch of planets in my seven. Saturn's and in my fourth. Oh, have fun with that. That U fucking sucks. And then I have Uranus right on my DC. Oh, so you're going to meet somebody who's going to try to get you to move in with them. Okay, you both might get married unexpectedly, so we'll see. Yeah, well, you're getting married? Are you talking about me? The, well, with the Uranus and this, oh, it's talking oh. about me. Like, I might oh. get married unexpectedly. We'll see. Who knows? Better be that, uh, oh, that God. sad princess. Oh, my goddess. Holla at me. I mean, I don't know. The eighth house year was fucking wild, dude. It, like, started, mm. and I was just like, oh, God, who's going to die? Mm. In touch wood, nobody's really died. I mean, my I had to put my dog down, which was kind of a bummer, but I had moon opposite Neptune. So mm. I had that and there was just like a bunch of insurance stuff and like investment stuff and okay. yeah, I mean, and then I did move because of the opposition from Mars to Venus. It so was, was on the ascendant to the seventh. So yeah, look at those solar return kids. Um, we wanted to talk to you a little bit today about um, just building off of the, the video that rising. we did that was the sun, moon and rising, which... People seem to be really into it. I liked reading the comments and hearing everybody's aspects. Um, so we wanted to build off of that and come and talk to you guys today about the difference between the IC, the descendant, and the MC. Because that's kind of the next step in filling in the blanks. Like yep. anybody can go and learn about their sun sign, but not a lot of people realize the importance of the angles um, in a natal chart. Oh so my God. we're going to talk about that today, and then we're going to come back, and we're also probably going to start talking in separate episodes about um, the houses and also the planets. Maybe we'll even do some archetypal stuff on the signs. Mm. Um, so that way you're getting kind of like a crash course and understanding of um, just like the, the, the system of the, of the astrological wheel and um, where you can go deeper other than just looking at your sun sign. So. Beautiful. And I know like for solar returns and, and other charts, like when they're in the angular houses, it usually is life changing or it's usually establishing like a new personification. I've definitely been sleeping on that IC. It's it's a lot more important than I've given it credit for. I, I think the more that I learn about the IC, the more that I the more that I'm like, oh yeah, that really is that really is me. So those of you guys who don't know, if you're looking at a natal chart, um, I have to kind of like look at this in visual, sorry. So if you look at the natal chart, the nine o'clock hour is your ascendant. Okay, and we talked about that in the last video. It's just more about your appearance, how you came into this world, um, how you approach people, what you look like, mm -hmm. right? Am I missing anything? 12, 3, 6, 9. Yep, that's true. And then the, the 6 o'clock hour is the IC. So that's the most southern part of your chart. We're going to talk about what that means. And then the 3 o'clock hour um, is your descendant um, and or your, I guess, what it's what is it, DC or DES? DC. Um, mm -hmm. And so that represents your shadow self Descending, or your seventh right. house cusp. And then your MC or your midheaven um, being the 10th house cusp and it's the 12 o'clock hour. It's the highest point in your chart. So we're going to break that down and talk to you guys a little bit about how you can learn more about yourself based off of these um, angles. I know a story I have about the fourth house when Jupiter was transiting in Leo and went through there. I uh, was at a place where, let's see, um, was it 2016? I had, that was 2015 actually that I happened. So um, this was after 
this was after 2014 when I, I went to Kansas because my mom caught me smoking weed in her house and she <laughs> felt that El Paso was a bad influence for me being a border town and I needed a father figure. So I moved to my uncle's place in Kansas. This was, this was around the time I started my YouTube channel and he kicked me out his house because I was an astrologer and all that. And I began my journey, I moved to California. I was in uh, Koreatown for like a few months. Then I moved back to El Paso. Uh, I would too if I lived in K-Town. Fuck, I lived on the border of K-Town for a couple of years. That was enough for me. Oh my God. Yeah, I was that on was enough for me. That Wilshire and Normandy. And there's, no, there's nowhere to park there. Oh my God, There's that's true. nowhere to park there. And people steal your rims, even if you drive a piece of shit car. Thank God I was riding the Metro. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I was on a Wilshire Normandy for like a few months. Went back to El Paso just cause, and then, um, that was when my mom was kind of still a little bit fed up at like my influences and she encouraged me. I was actually getting ready to move to, to California just to like strike my life out there. And my mom convinced me, or not convinced me, my mom brought, got the idea that no, actually I want you to go to Nigeria so that you can stay with your dad and he can kind of like, this is before they divorced, and so that he can kind of like teach you how to like sell houses out there and, and build houses and whatnot, um, just, to, just to be out there. Um, and it was ironic because Jupiter had just went through my fourth, so I unexpectedly go to Nigeria and like the plan was for me to be out there for a few years and I would say a couple of weeks after I was there, my mom visited and she left, my grandma dies. And so we uh, do her funeral. And the thing that really, you know, caught, of course in the funeral, the pastor's talking shit, like, oh, those of you who read astrology are going to hell and, you know, you're great, great. or she didn't, he wasn't talking to me, but he was talking to me. Like, they, I'm sure they didn't know I did that, but like, it was just kind of like a subliminal, right? So the part of the sermon was talking about how, oh yeah, she was a seer, cause my grand, my, my dad, this is my dad's mom who died, right? My grandma, so my dad is skeptical about magic and like psychic ability and stuff, but he'll tell you that his mom would tell him about stuff that there's no way she would know. Like yeah. he'll tell you she had real seer powers. But she gave all that up to be a Christian. Just like on my mom's side, his dad and mom gave that up to be a Christian. So I found out she had all sorts of like, you know, sacred seer powers, um, you know, the, the religion, right. And then, but the, the message of there was like, she gave that up for God and you know, this is a good thing. And those of you who do that, you're going to hell. I was like, okay, whatever. I felt that was for me to tap to that ancestry and be like, hey, they rejected you, but I got you. I'm not a Bible thumping. Like yeah, you're like down to do shots at the bar in hell with your ancestors. Exactly. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know that hell. Because that's, how, even, I'm, that's um, how I see it. If it has to be that way, I see you though. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel that. So, you know, um, that kind of whole trip and then of course after Jupiter left Leo while I was there I was I had my you know my business so I was doing readings and I was able to get enough money to buy a ticket to go back and my dad at the time I didn't realize where his mind was at but he was like overjoyed he was like oh nice <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't mad he was like oh, okay cool and so freaking I didn't realize that that whole Jupiter chapter was to teach me about my ancestry 
because I got to learn so much stuff about where I come from, where my parents were influenced. Yeah. Like, and then as soon as that was out, I was out. And then I came back to America. And so basically what he's getting at is he's talking about transits where when a planet ingressed into his fourth house, it had to cross the IC. So it made things happen. So like for me, and I've had similar experiences. Like I I definitely. I always see someone who moves too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like always. And and the IC, I think is actually the most sensitive part of the chart. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, it's like the womb of the natal chart. So or the soul you can't and that's where the soul comes through it's the ground you know traditionally oh, the fourth okay. house dealt with the burial underneath um the, so it's home. the house of death too yes and no the house of burial death being eighth and I, then i had a reader look at my fourth house and she said the ruler of your fourth house is is the sun because it's leo yeah and it's in the second so she told me my conditions of death that if i died i'd still have my mind ready because like it's in the second house in Gemini. Yeah. So that at death, I'd still have a very active mind and it's the sun and I might like, she was able to kind of like look yeah. at the ruler of your fourth and to know Yeah, you can see it. You death. can see a lot based off of the well, the fourth and the eighth house. But mm-hmm. whether the eighth house is how you die, the fourth is like, you know, your end of life leading up to that mm. or in theory, your, your burial. So when you okay. see like a lot of planets that are really heavy in the fourth house or conjunct the IC, that's very important to have like a planet on that angle. It's very private. She said it's gonna be rich as fuck too. Yeah, because of your second house sun. Yeah, and like it was gonna be like all second house suns have that life. as long as they have good aspects. Granted, to like the planet or if the sun is in the second house and the ruler is the second house, but see, my my sun's in the second house too. But it's right. like my husband's supposed to be very wealthy. So. <laughs> there we go. I'm just gonna let that happen. Bingo. That's what's up. Ah, astrology don't miss, yo. But, um, but yeah, it's the most sensitive part of the chart. I feel like it's the inner world. It's the inner you. It's what people don't see. So when you think, like, if you leave your house and you go out of the house and you're all done up and you're presentable and you're friendly and you've got, like, this, you know, persona for out in the world, the fourth house is, like, when you come home and you take your makeup off. (laughs) Or like what's what your house really looks like or what your closet really looks like or what's going on internally so it's it's the private self and also it's very cancerian so it mm-hmm. reflects on the roots it reflects on the past it reflects on the family lineage um where you come from you know family patterning i've seen a lot of stuff there and it's just super private it's super 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 private i've seen people who have you know, their sun and all kinds of um you know major planetary aspects um yeah. in the top part of their chart but then when you look at stuff that's going on in the fourth house, like a great example is like Tiger Woods, right? Right. He's a great example because you, you see the cap sun and all the placements in his fourth house. And also I think he's got the moon in the third and Sag. But he was this huge public Im- image. Everybody knows him. You know, he's... Household name. He's, he's huge. But what has transpired over the last, let's say, 10, 12 years due to, you know, Pluto going into his fourth house, due to Saturn, due to Jupiter... It has blown all of his personal life, his relationship with his dad, how he was with his kids, what happened with his wife. It, it just shows you where if you've got some heavy hitters, either they're natally or moving through moving there, through there yep. mm-hmm. it makes some shit happen. I have a question time. for you. So one thing I noticed is that like my fourth house is empty. So like my concept of family, like I notice people who have a rich fourth house, like they're very family oriented. Like they really love family events or like, I kind of feel like a stranger to my own family. I'm the black sheep, 
and I'm and my south node's there, so I love it now. Like, it's, I wouldn't feel bad about it. It's like I get it. It's a part of my karmic lesson. But I noticed that, um, you know, the nature of the fourth house really shows a lot about, especially when you're growing up in the home. Mm -hmm. So the moon is your mom. I have Saturn on my moon in the ninth house. My younger sister is a Libra rising with a Gemini moon, and my mom's a Gemini sun. So. My mom, as I've was your always, mom like a teacher, or did she work in the church? She actually was a uh, she's a, a pediatrician, but oh. when we would go to Sunday schools, there was one time she was a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. But like growing up with my mom, she, we had Bible study every week, so yeah. like she was the traditional Christian influence. Like she's Saturn in my life. She cuts the check. She's yeah. she owns her own practice. I used to work for her, bill her own insurance claims, Saturn in the eighth ninth. So that was my experience. My sister's experience with my mom, as a cancer woman, she feels like as a Gemini mother, like she doesn't she's could be insensitive sometimes to how she feels. Twelve houses away, yeah. Right. And then as a Libra rising, it's like in the ninth. So she my mom was also a teacher influence to her, but more intellectually, right? Like I never, yeah. my none of us really ever got a more nurturing, cancerian, motherly aspect from my mom. It was totally just like intellectual. My mom would be at work to this day, night to day, cat moon, like she works all the time. Yeah, yeah. So as a Leo uh, fourth house and as a man, I'm allowed to go out, right? Like I can, I, I can't do what I want, right? But like I can do what I want, like I can. But that's a reflection also of your dad. Just like I'm, my mind just goes like in a million different places as I hear you describe this. But like also, you know, if your sun rules Culturally. your south node, and your south node's in your fourth, yeah, ruled by the sun. Sun technically in the first, maybe the second. Okay, you could say the second, but it's a first house sun first in house, theory. Yeah. You take after your dad. You have independence from mm. your mom. Uh, so if your south node's in this, and, and we'll do another episode on this, this is next, but your south yeah. node's in the fourth, so you're meant to move away from your home, move away from your roots. Right. It's harder for you to stay home with your parents, There's always some and kind your of father friction. had to physically leave the home yeah. by himself, and then you see the inconjunct from your son, which is your dad, to your son and your, your moon That's and your Saturn, right. which is the separation between your parents, but what legally bound them was their joint resources that came from the homes that they sold, which was the eighth house. And also, which is wild, because my dad recently sold a house in Nigeria and made, like, a fortune from it. But um, personally, you know, um, uh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. But personally, like, concerning the, 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 at least the sun, you know, like, the, uh, well... Um, the sign also on the cusp of the angles. So just talking about the IC, yeah. the sign's going to tell you a lot about what the state of the home was. So, you know, usually wherever the sun rules, wherever the sun is, it dominates. So if you have a, a Leo fourth house with a south node ruled by the sun, you might have felt like from an early age, you know, dad kind of ran ran the house. Even though mom cut the checks, dad ran the house or he was kind of like a heavy hitter. My dad cut the checks too in the beginning because he, like, I grew up with, like, a Rolls Royce uh, from Luther Vandross, another Rolls Royce, a Jaguar, a Porsche, because he was heavy in Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Then he got cracked down, so then he had to do a bid, and then he, he deported after, right? And then, but what I was going to say was the KRS video I watched, shout out to KRS, amazing astrologer, he mentioned that- KRS. When Saturn's in your ninth house, your higher education is delayed, 
which happened for me. I graduated later. And your relationship with your father improves after 30. So I never really connected with my dad that much. Not like he yeah. wasn't in our lives. He wasn't, but for different reasons, right? What part, and as an Aries, I don't hold it past him because Aries is very self-centered and like, it's the baby of the Zodiac. Yeah, so yeah. like, I'm willing to like, see where he was coming from or, or at least like understand, right? But personally, now I'm seeing now that I'm 30, the opportunity to connect with him on a more mature level is there. I graduated at a later time. And the question I wanted to ask you was, my youngest sister, with her uh, IC in Capricorn, she easily is the most restricted. She's studying in Stanford right now. She wants to be a singer. You know yeah, what I mean? So I have a cap IC too. She doesn't really, she's not really, she, I mean, she has a great opportunity It's a lot of like emotional rigidness and like so that's what i want to ask because like like she couldn't really go out like i could go out like she felt trapped in her own house like and the structure and the like yeah so how was that for you it's a very it's always a very strict parent and that's the other thing that's interesting about the fourth and the tenth house because a lot of astrologers go back and forth about whether or not the fourth house is the mother or the father some people say it's the mother because it's more like a cancer energy some people say it's some people say it's the father? Yeah, some people say it's the father. For me, I, I, I've seen Not it differ on a client-to-client basis. That's interesting. Um, like, for me, like, my fourth house is Capricorn. I have a lot of planets in Capricorn. My mom's Capricorn. And I feel like because I have oppositions from my 10th house to my fourth, mm-hmm. um, I feel like my dad's more like my Jupiter in the 10th. Um, and my mom is definitely, like, all the planets I have in the fourth house. But... Yeah, the, the signs that, that are on the IC, even if it's not whole house, if it's Placidus and it's split, it's what you want to look at is what's on the IC because it's going to tell you the vibe of what it was like emotionally, how you are in your private life. Um, you want to move on to the, to the Descendant? Yeah, so the DC, uh, they do say is a shadow, but um, I've really come to respect the DC as far as like, you know... Definitely, I know when Saturn and Jupiter went through there, I started collaborating with more people. I have an empty DC, so I've never been in a relationship. And it's not like I can't be in one. You have to look at the aspects, too, of what it rules. And the chart ruler, too, right? Yeah, so if it's like Scorpio, it might be like kind of like fearful or finding some people too intense. or. I have a Pluto shadow, so I attract people who try and test me and like take advantage of me because it's a shadow aspect. And I won't say take advantage, like I'm a victim, but like we'll kind of push the boundaries to see what they can finesse. I think that might unconsciously have me push people out, but I don't know, it's a very sexual uh, DC counterpart. So I have Venus in the 12, a lot of secret admirers. So it is what it is, but the DC aspect is very fascinating to me because I didn't realize how unconsciously it's it's the version of you that you may not be aware you come up oh, to across 100%. A hundred percent. I mean, maybe I'm more aware of it because I I have my moon in the seventh. Oh, yeah. So it's like I see like that behavior in other people and I'm like, fuck you. But then I'm like, wait, I'm just as much of an asshole. Like half of the things that I deal with with other people in the seventh house isn't just the person that you're married to. This can be your clients. This can be open enemies, open enemies, people who you're in business with, um, you know, people who will stab you in the chest, not in the back. So right. what, what, and I, like I said, maybe I'm more aware of it, but. 12th house will stab you in the back. With the 
the, the but like the, the 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 seventh house is literally the shadow self. Mm, I feel like and 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 that's what's so interesting. Like I have found that especially in clients' charts where they've had long-running existing relationships, I've seen a lot of aspects to um, the ascendant or the descendant. So if you're, mm. for example, like you know Scorpio rising, you might have a lot of Scorpios that are in your life, and you're like, why the fuck do I have all these Scorpios in my life? Well, mm. because they're a reflection of your rising. They're helping build into who you are you attract it it's like a bug to to a flame or a moth to a flame but the descendant is sometimes what is really good for you mm. but it can put you off un unless you have a lot of aspects like for me right. personally like the very few encounters i've had with aries men i'm like I'm, i'll pass i'm good like i'll date a woman like i can't do that like i can't i think the moon sign helps a lot too while your moon is in aries yeah and i would think that I, I was always under the impression that moon sun is it. So like if someone's sun's on your moon is it. So that's that's very interesting. I guess the sun king kunks and the opposition of the rising factors yeah. in. So I mean, I, my, the two partners in my life right now, which is ironic, are Scorpios because the shout out to Esco. That's my dude right there. He he's helping manage my site. He falls in my seventh house. So we kind of work in a partnership. And then, of course, I'm partnering with you on this. And you... I'm his work wife. <laughs> Which is kind of <laughs> crazy. Because the, the Scorpio is sixth house of work to my Gemini. And then, of course, the partnership to the Taurus. So Yeah, but what's, what's being activated in your chart right now is a yod. Because you've got all this activity in Scorpio natally. You've also got all these placements in Capricorn natally. And it all makes a yod to your sun. It's being activated right now because of the node. So there's a lot of cool things going on for the yeah. um, Scorpio's Gemini's from 1989 because of the, because of those yods, the yeah. finger of fate that's getting activated. But yeah. I also noticed that the DC, it's like it's an opposing energy. So it's like you have to be OK with compromise or with seeing how people in that energy uh, are literally opposite you. Even if you agree with the same things, it's like it, I, I've come to see the DC in seventh house as a completion energy where do you oppose because you complement each other i remember reading an article at, at one point and i'm probably gonna like miss i'm gonna botch this but whatever it was talking about how the houses work in terms of timing mm. and that medieval astrologers looked at the houses in terms of time or hours throughout the day and we would look at the first houses like when you wake up you look at the second house is like maybe when you eat breakfast, then you, you know, go to work, you start working, you start create, you know, creating things, working on things. And then the sixth house is like when you're cleaning up. And then the mm. seventh house being like that, that door to Venus is that time after you've gotten home, cleaned up and it's like, okay, cool. Now I can like hang out and go on a date or go and have dinner with my partner or, mm. you know, drink wine, hang out, have sex, whatever. So the seventh house really does represent where we merge with other people on a daily basis and, right. and what that yeah. feels like and um, what might be good for us. And like seventh house gets a bad rap or Libra gets a bad rap for like being like a pushover or like too much of a yes person when in reality the seventh house is about open conflict. So it's right. when you have to, right. yeah. you know, you know, be fair mediate and mediate and, and then also when you have to slap a bitch and be like, no. Because you need to bring the Aries to the Libra, so that's true. And it's like such a, it's so weird for me because I have Libra rising and I have a seventh house Aries moon. So I'll be like super yeah. friendly and then like sometimes you'll like get a response out of me that you're not expecting. 
And I'll just do it just to razz people. Like, now I'm at a point in my life where I do it just to see what I can get away with and to yeah. see if people are going to, like, check me. And then when they don't, I'm like, you're cool. Who checks Sun Pluto? Like, that's interesting. Not a lot of people. But, not a lot of people will realize that. Because Libra Rising Scorpios are very friendly. We're very friendly, very personable. But, like, you cross me, like, I'm going to come for you. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's all like, I'm going to scoot over a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the Scorpio DC is like, oh. <laughs> you know, I got Juno there too. So I feel like, I don't know. That's the thing. Like the Maybe I'll introduce you to your wife. I mean, you gave me that reading. You said it's Scorpio. Was I'm going to find you. I'm still going through those applications. Oh, my God. Yep, yeah, boy. Uh, that's wild. So uh, wifey applications coming out soon. But, yeah, I mean, it's. It's wild because, and if we get into the MC, like, uh, some people feel like there's, if there's no planets there, it's not empty. But it just means it's not an area of focus. But transits, I've noticed, really develop this. So the MC has been the most active place for me as of late. And I've seen expansion in my career, uh, solidification of my career. MC, I've come to love so much because whereas the, the IC is your inner world, the MC to me is like, kind of like your alter ego but also your higher self like yeah the, the version of you that you're coming to attain yeah it's the highest peak right like when you think of like capricorn how like the goat scales the mountain and it gets mm -hmm. to the top it's when you get to your peak in your life and your career whatever like like what you ultimately come into it also is how other people perceive you right like i see the ascendant is what you present mm -hmm. and i see the mc is more what people see from you so like yeah. the 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 actual like you know sign that's on the mc can tell you like a lot like today actually the sun's conjunct my mc right now oh wow so for me it's like i'm a little bit more like business oriented i'm working a lot i'm juggling a lot of things and my mc is cancer so it's definitely a lot of being very nurturing in my career and talking to people a lot about emotions in the past and family issues and using my intuition and the MC is a lot of what you see. So yeah. when you have it in a very prominent sign, or let's say there's planets that are even conjunct there, or like you said, there's a transit, it makes shit happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you also want to look at the chart rulers to the, the MC, oh, the yeah. IC, the Oh, yeah. Even if you have an empty house, like a lot of people will be like, well, I have an empty house. Meh. Like it doesn't mean anything. And then mm. I'll be like, yeah, but look at the house ruler and like look at the 12 aspects to right, it. And, right. and that's where people don't realize that you, you, you're sleeping on those house rulers mm -hmm. and you need to look at the aspects. And people will show up like, oh, I've got big dick energy. I have two stelliums. I would be like, that's great. But you know, you, having all those planets conjunct can make you really good in certain areas, but it can actually be a bit of a downfall in other areas of your life exactly. because you don't have that same support i guess granted that's where you when you go through like a saturn transit or a jupiter transit it's like a lot of compounded lessons all yeah. in, in one period of time so true for example my mc is aquarius right so um so you're an alien it falls into yeah it falls into the ninth house so i teach about aquarius i teach about the stars but the ruler of it is in the eighth ninth in a in capricorn so near neptune so what do i teach about the stars the occult I go into the occult, I go into more like the hidden knowledge. And I didn't realize how fascinating that was until after the fact that I, I looked up the ruler and the aspects. Yeah. And even though it's empty, I only have the North Node there. Like, 
this aspects to the ruler makes so much of a difference. I really thought about that. Like yeah. my MC is Cancer and my Moon is in Aries, and it's in the right. it's in the seventh, and it trines my South Node exactly. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of astrology friends who are yeah. also very public, and it sextiles my North Node in the fifth. So it, that's my creative outlet, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the MC is like really cool because I feel like that's more like who you grow into being. Right. right? It's who you become over time. Yeah. I love that. And, yeah. and I love transits to there because it really does help. Your MC is who you are to the world. And so I love how it squares the, the AC. But we'll definitely talk more about these points. This is just a good like. Yeah, it's like a nice like, little introductory. And mm. like I said, we're going to come on because. If you guys haven't checked it out, check out our, um, obviously, if you can, like and subscribe to our channel or to this video. Also, you can take a look at our community section on the Midheaven podcast. We actually started asking you guys, what do you want to know about? What do you want us to do videos on? We had a lot of great responses. Um, we heard a lot of people ask about past lives, nodal things, um, aspects. People were asking about our charts. We talk about them a lot, but we could do that at some point. Um, and also people were asking questions about like planets and houses. So this is just the beginning. Um, we're actually getting ready to shoot another episode and it's going to be on the nodes. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and that's coming up soon. Um, but continue to keep interacting with us on there or on our various other platforms. And if you have ideas or questions for um, videos or content, things you want to know about. We can do chart about. breakdowns too if you want us to like break down celebrity charts or like influencer charts yeah do you ever like charts. do charts live like when you do your lives do you show yeah, the chart okay live, yeah yeah so that's the other thing is we both have our own channel so you can find mike um below you can see the peace dealer you can also book a reading with him you can find me at beyond the veil tarot and astrology where i am doing um weekly stuff actually twice a month now i come on fridays and i um just analyze charts and ask i answer questions publicly so you can see how i analyze the chart and hopefully doing a study club soon so yep Got a lot of fun stuff coming. Going to be meeting live too for those of you in Vegas. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Still we've we've got well we've got our giveaway. So those of you guys who um, participated in the giveaway, I'm guessing by the time this episode comes out, we will we'll have already picked the winner. Um, but stay tuned for that future episode where we're going to hang out with somebody here live in Vegas. Those of you guys who participated, thank you, and thank those of you who have been contributing to our channel and subscribing and helping donate monthly to keep this running. Um, you guys are the best. It's helping us get new equipment. Obviously we have new mics. We might be getting some other camera stuff and um, just trying to be able to bring you guys more content and making it super, super clean. Sweet. Anything else? Nah, if anything, uh, comment below what you feel about this episode. What's your favorite? angular point is it the ac dc ic mc and uh yeah thank you guys for tuning in as always cool well we will see all of you guys very soon have a good one take care